This show is proudly sponsored by TraderCobb.com. Visit TraderCobb.com forward slash free tools for your free education content. Now on this section of the website, you will receive access to view a bit about the three trading strategies that I use daily. And if you're sick and tired of your family and friends wanting to know about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, well, there's a free course in there for them as well, titled Beginner's Course to Cryptocurrency. It's absolutely free, so tell your friends and family and visit TraderCobb.com now. The Trader Cobb Crypto Show, talking business in blockchain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast and Show. Today's guest is an absolute powerhouse when it comes to business online. He is the founder of Finder.com, one of the biggest comparison websites in the world and if you need crypto sorry if you need to find uh, credit card and all sorts of different things to work out the best deal then finder.com is the place to be it is a global organization in many different countries but i'm not here to speak to this man about that i'm here to speak to fred shabasta of Hivect, which is one of the most trusted and well-performing OTC desks in Australia right now. And I'm not sure if you've got global audience, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Thank you so much for your time. You've been in New York for consensus, and we're going to cover that as well as some of the details on Hivect. So thank you so much, Fred Shabasta. Thanks very much, Craig. And welcome uh, to everyone who's listening. Yeah, mate. Look, I, I can't believe I haven't had you on sooner. It's uh, it's my fault. I've been on your show a couple of times. I've thoroughly enjoyed every second I spend with you. Uh, we are family friends. Our kids are of the same age almost, and we live in a very close part of town to each other. And I do love having company with you. Now I've got you on the show, and I'm going to ask you some questions. So first question is this, mate. You went to uh, New York for Consensus. Now, I covered Consensus last year, and uh, this year we had a real different scope on how we're going to operate as a business. We didn't go. I want to know what it was like. Yeah, so, you know, I think it was, um, it was very, it wasn't as packed, um, so you could move around a bit, which is much, much better. Um, But, you know, the real core of it is there's a lot of new excitement um, around, um, I guess businesses that um, have a real use case. And um, I think a lot of the, the people who were there were people from businesses which have you know gone through this crypto winter to some extent. And what I call, they have a real business. Yeah. Um, so we met with a lot of those kind of people. We, um, we obviously, we, we, we did some interviews there and met some, some of the big coins as well, which is really interesting. A lot of I think there were a couple well of... Yeah, it was pretty wild. Uh, I learned a lot from that actually. And, you know, what are sustainable coins and what are not? Mm-hmm. Um, that was really interesting. And then I met a lot of people, I think, that are more, um, I'd say they're kind of the OGs or they're in it for the long haul, yeah. um, as opposed to people who were like, you know, um, in and out. Um, and in it for just the hype and then gone. A lot of those people kind of left to yeah. some extent. Um, there's still a little bit of that around. Like, you know, um, I oh, think yeah. Warren Buffett says, when the tide goes out, you find out who's naked. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there was a few, a little bit of that I could, I could sense. But in the bigger, bigger scheme, I think more of the realities don't come through. And yeah. what I noticed specifically with that um, is there's a few trends. Go on. Um, 
the first one is, you know, we've got this new IEO thing and I just want to cover that because I think that's a, a key thing yep. that everyone's talking about a lot, a lot about. And I went to the latest IEO um, announcement by Huawei with reserve. Um, and I saw them do the presentation and, and, and how they went through there was, it was at the NASDAQ building and all those kind of things. And I was like, okay. Um, but what I, firmly don't understand the difference of or what what i wanted to understand in that journey was what's the difference between an ieo and an ico yep and i would submit that an ieo is just a repackaged ico with a listing and so you know is this good for the market i'm not sure a little bit of history repeating as basement jacks would say right i mean that's what i'm interested in too mate because i mean you know you can package a turd but it's still a turd right you can put a put lipstick on a pig and it's still a pig it, it you know it, it, however you dress something up it doesn't really matter it, what unfortunately is still in the space is a lot of naivety that people don't understand what's actually happening and they'll chase the latest trend now we did see a lot of talk about stos back throughout 2018 and for me that's a really interesting market and the reason it's an interesting market and the reason i think a lot of people are disconnected with stos is that they go well there's not that much liquidity, but that's not the point of an STO. It doesn't need to be the point of an STO. But STO allows security-based investing within a project or within a company. Now, if it's an STO, it's security. So it's, it's got its own legislation. And what that means, if, even if you've only got 100 investors, it's not about how many people are using it and how, how many transactions are going on. It's about giving different people liquidity in projects that are not an IPO, that are not publicly listed. So how else do you get involved in a startup and exit? You build it, you build it, you build it, you sell it. That's one way. You build it, you build it, you build it, you IPO it. That's another way. Now, with, a, with, a, with an STO, it allows those people throughout any stage of that project to go and put their offer forward and go, well, if someone takes it, they'll take it. So it's providing liquidity in a market that doesn't have liquidity. It's not going to have the same liquidity as trading Bitcoin or any of your other altcoins. It's a, it's a very fascinating thing. I don't see the same level of potentially institutional grade investors being interested in IEOs. Would you agree? So I think there are funds that are probably getting in and getting out yeah. with IEOs. They're getting That's like, a business model, right? Yeah. There are certain ones that do that. And it's I think investment. Yeah. They put down 20 bets on the roulette table, 50, 15 of them go to zero and three of them break even one of them does. Okay. And one just literally, they make 25 X that's, you know, they come out on top with a little profit or a decent profit, whatever. Right. Um, so I, I have a, I have a strong view and what I noticed for the SEO market, um, in particular, I met a guy who was very, very bullish about the SEO market and he submitted that, there's a couple of things. One um, was it's not actually a regulation problem. Regulation's fine. Yeah. There are ways to get, you know, steps take to take with the SEC to create a security. That's fine. The yellow brick road. It, it's already there. Right. It's already there. Um, what is challenging is when you talk about liquidity is the measurement of t- tokens which are which don't have a model so you know let's say you're tokenizing art 
And now you're asking, you know, some quant guy at a high frequency trading shop to make a model for this piece of art. And they're like, well, I don't really know how to do that. Right. And, and so you're going to get, you know, there's maybe there are some people out there that can do that and they'll become the high frequency traders of the future. Right. There's a huge opportunity here. You know, so let's say you're tokenizing a Ferrari or a, you know, a formula one team or a horse or whatever it may be. There will be people out there eventually in the future that need to make models around this and then they can make a market, right? They can make a, make a buy and a sell. I think that's, that's one of the challenges. I think, I don't think it's a challenge of, you know, making, making a market on, you know, a Microsoft or an Apple stock or whatever it may be. I think that's fine. They can model that. That can also potentially be, have some sort of derivative with an SEO and things like that. But the thing that I think is more interesting as well with the STO space is maybe, and I think this is what we're, we're, we need to just lens out a bit, maybe the place this starts. So I look at uh, any market like this. There's broking, exchange, and clearing. Broking, exchange, and clearing. Broking, exchange, and clearing. Now, you're either focused on one of those three markets. Obviously, Hivex is focused on broking. Um, you call us up, we'll make you a market. Yep. Exchange, you know, like obviously we plug into certain exchanges. Clearing, traditionally that was done, you know, by companies like um, Chess and I've forgotten the name of the one in the US. Yeah, That's fine. But in, in crypto, it tends to be the brokers or the actual exchange do clearing as well, right? So this is very unusual. Now, I think there are start, it's starting to become some custody solutions. And I think this is, again, a new thing we, I noticed a consensus is that these, mar- these areas of how traditional markets work are starting to come out. And my contention, my prediction is the place the STO market will begin will be in clearing, not in broking and not in exchange. Okay. And the reason for that is that currently clearing is broken. It is an app, like in the US, what happens is people at the end of the day literally get two spreadsheets and try and figure out Match who's it. got the shares Ooh, and yeah. then... They move them all around, right? It's, it's insane. Yeah. The ASX in Australia just rolled out this blockchain chain yeah. solution. Where did they roll it out? Clearing. The actual um, uh, providence of a particular stock, I think, is very interesting. And it, it is broken. And with blockchain, a lot of those issues would be solved, all the inefficiencies. And that, to me, is where you could keep the existing broking, you know, the stockbrokers, the E-trades, the... the, the, the the, Sch- the Charles Schwab's, the um, you know Robin Hoods, all those kind of things. The, the UBS, the, all those guys that you can broker with. That's fine. Keep that. You've got the exchange. You know the New York Stock Exchange is fine. It's yeah. exchanging. It's got lots of. It's okay. Where it's broken, where the opportunity exists in my mind would be to build a blockchain clearing solution, and start to integrate a much better solution for clearing. And I, I'm not, not sure which exchange is going to do this first. My contention to you is this. If you go back 50 years, I spoke to this guy about this as well, and look at the NASDAQ. Now, the NASDAQ was actually where all the dog stocks traded, the actual scam penny stocks. That's yeah, actually what, where it used to exactly. be. Yep. They had a vision. And their vision was to create a new tech um, exchange and a new way of doing things. And they have like very, very advanced technology. But it took them 50 years to do it. And they got all the Silicon Valley tech stocks. Like Microsoft was a scam company in the past. Just, just like, this is hard to see today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you go back, people will look at Microsoft and go, computers, are you serious? Yeah. Nah, not computers. That's a scam company. Like 
Who would want to buy a computer? No way. Yeah. And you want to buy some software on it? Oh, that sounds like, like fantasy, right? Yeah. That's what it looked like. And so all these tech companies needed somewhere to list and where they list on the NASDAQ, right? And so my contention to you is that there will be an exchange and there are many exchanges in the US that will go and want to either, you know, back end crypto onto it or they want to do something innovative that it can't be done right now. They want the white space and they want to fix clearing where clearing is a big issue. And that is my contention of where the SEO market will start. Well, it, it, it makes perfect sense, Fred, and thank you for sharing that with us. And based on that, let, let's take another step forward is um, one of my theories and, and the way that we've positioned ourselves as a business uh, and, and the way that I've looked at the markets and how I've invested is that I think that the next wave in will be your 45 to 65 year olds. Now, these are the sorts of people that have watched the dot com or participated or both. Right? They watched 96 up down. They watched 2000, which was the one that captured most of the market, which is like probably our 2000 up down. Now, whether they did or they didn't participate within that period of time, they were there and they were privy to what went on. Now, in 2017, as we saw the market rocket in crypto assets, we saw a lot of young money come in, okay? a lot of FOMO money come in. Now, these more seasoned, uh, mature investors, and I'm not talking about someone who's just investing in their SMSF in Australia that's a self-managed super fund, like a 404 or a pension fund in different parts of the world. What they're actually doing is they're actively managing a portfolio of their surplus income, shall we call it. Now, these people, has, they don't want to buy the top, so they didn't buy in 2017. They don't want to buy the bottom, so they didn't buy at 3,200. They want to buy that bit in the middle for the next run. They want to make sure that the asset class is going to survive. And I see that as being a really positive thing. And I think that's our next wave in. Now, the good news is that they come in with not just $400 or a thousand or 2000. They come in with tens of thousands when they do enter, when they have that confidence and that, that uh, conviction uh, play. And even their dabble money is much, much larger. Now leading from that into what I think is also in line with the same thesis is institutions. Now I thought that 2019, and I still think this, um, for this market to really take the steps forward and to achieve the greatness that we all hope it will, both in price and in developments moving forward, it requires derivatives. Now, no fund in their right mind, even if they've, you know, they've got $2 billion, they want to risk 1% of the overall portfolio, they're not going to play the game without derivatives. Derivatives of volume, derivatives of credibility, derivatives that are actually regulated. The CME, their most recent figures that I saw, and not the most recent, but recent figures, um, had $1.2 billion worth of volume over the period where the market was running really high. And I think that was for the week, um, which outdid a lot of the crypto exchanges. Now, the very fact that their volumes have increased so significantly in this last little push to the upside, it says a lot and it opens the door for real institutions to play in this game because 2018 was a talk of institution, but it wasn't ready. Market didn't have the products. I'm asking you, during your time in New York, in interviewing, I think it was 32 people. I know how hard that is because I did it the year before. Well done to you. You're still alive. Um, but what, was the, what was the view around what's required for these institutions? And was there a big shift of institutional um, interest, I suppose, in the space that you were able to get privy to? You know, um, I, I, I am not as convinced that the institutions aren't in already. I think they've- Yeah, but I'm talking to Bees, Dick. Like they're, in, they're, they're just putting the little middle finger in. They're not, they're, they're testing the waters. They're not in, in. 
You know, like if bio, if biotechnology is a new sector, they're going to go into biotechnology because it's regulated, it's structured, it's good, good business models. This yeah. is still not a, a model that is worthy of heavily investing in yet. Well, I guess what I'm trying to submit, I mean like there, so when I say in, I think they have programs internally that are, that are running that take two to three years to see the light of day. Mm. Whereas, you know, like these startups, like your business, Craig, you can move so quick and yep. you can put something out and get it out and go, 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 go. These ones, you know, you're going to need at least 50 people to sign off and it's yeah, a crypto. We're a speedboat, well. not a cruise ship. Right. And I think, so my, my prediction is that's actually all in motion. It's actually happening. And you know, the back takes so long to get out. That's just because it's a very large corporation and it yeah, just takes a huge. lot of time to do. Um, you know, so look at like the funds that are out there and the funds that are, that are taking action. So look at Andreessen Horowitz and the investments they're making. A lot of them are equity plays, you know? Um, and that, that's, that's what VC and, and private equity will do. They don't want your goddamn token. They'll get the token because that's their exit money. Right, but the, and it might be locked up for a year or two if it's if it's a responsibly run project or, or you know um, you know set out. You can sell this much at this time, so they can't dump the market. But if I'm a and I am an investor, if I am somebody who's in that sort of position, I'm after equity. God damn it! Hundred percent. You know, um, look at Galaxy, right? Mm. The, 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 they just sold um, seventy million dollars of the of Block One equity. So, so they, that's a, you know, they must have made an investment before and they've, someone had to have bought $70 million of one. Right. Yeah. So there's someone out there who's keen as well. If, yeah. You know, you need, you need a two sided market. Now, if you imagine that deal is happening and that's found liquidity, that's interesting in and of itself. Right. I, yeah. I think that a lot of people are taking positions in exchanges. A lot of people are taking oh, positions in banks. A lot of people yeah. and, and, and exchanges now, um, <laughs> Um, and the large high-frequency trading desks are putting even more investment into this infrastructure. My, my contention to you is that 2019, I'm, I'm changing my prediction now to being the year of infrastructure. It's still broking, exchange, and clearing. You know, Binance got hacked the other day. Binance yeah. got hacked. Like, it's still, the infrastructure relatively is is still quite fragile to some extent. So, but, but was Binance actually hacked or was it a very well orchestrated private details, phishing, stealing of individual clients? Cause I'm trying to get to the bottom of that. You know, like if, if they had been phishing and, and doing all the, you know, hacking and all that sort of stuff for, for six months, let's say, and they go, okay, we've now got enough wallets. We've now got enough crypto that we can rob. Let's pull the trigger at the opportune time, which, tick these three boxes and then we go. Was it Binance? Because it was their hot wallet, right? It was their hot wallet that got done. But I, from, and I don't know this, was it through thousands of individual accounts or was it actually no. straight into Binance? I think it was an insider job. I think someone knew the routine and I think it works something like when they were trying to move to their new um, form of um, Segwit addresses and things yeah. like that. I think it was an internal like cron job that was running Someone reverse engineered a vulnerability in it. They've probably raised it. No one's gone and looked at it. Then they've gone and exploited it. Because if you look at the, the chunks of Bitcoin that comes out, it, it's, it's, it runs in this pattern. It goes like 250 Bitcoin and then 
0.56 goes back out into the same wallet. So it's kind of like it's they're washing the the the, the SegWit um, addresses or whatever it may be. There's some exploitation internally. You'd, you'd have to be internal to know something. That's what, from a technical, well, like obviously I used to be a coder. It looks to me like a pattern, and that's how I would explain that. Um, well, it's probably a good time for me to say the views and expressions by French Abbasta are not necessarily held by TraderCobb or any of the subsidiary companies that TraderCobb holds and owns. <laughs> Binance, it ain't me. <laughs> um, Look, I've got to ask this question, right? So you, you were there, you were there for the harm, you were there for the buzz, we've talked to institutions, we've talked about the infrastructure, we've talked about this and that. What excited you and did anything? It will really make you go, wow, I've got so, to change my views or catch up. So a couple of things. I I met with Adam back and I've never met him before. And he works at Blockstream. And obviously Blockstream, um, uh, uh, they um, write a lot of code for Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, they've got a hot, they've got a wallet. Um, they're building a liquid, which is like lightning. It's different, but. Um, and I talked to him about some, like some concerns I had with Bitcoin as the, I don't know how they're going to, Bitcoin's going to solve this. For example, um, who is going to pay the minor fees when the, the block rewards halve? And, you know, I think this is where, I don't know if we want to talk about this, but we put out a, our yearly, um, five X report on the state of the cryptocurrency market and the halvening. You know, it's it's. I think it's three hundred and thirty-three day or three hundred and sixty-three days until the next halving, right? It's under a year now. Yeah. And there's an important graph, and it's. I will try and ex- sort of say it as opposed to. Yeah, talk talk to it because our audience is mostly podcast. It, it it essentially says we're we're coming up to. I'd say uh, we're in a zone where people start essentially accumulating Bitcoin for the next halving. Yep. And what is the halvening? It's when Bitcoin rewards half. The block reward. Um, and it's 12 and a half Bitcoin per 10 minutes right now. It goes to 6.25. Now, I asked Adam back. I said, what are we going to do when Bitcoin mining rewards half? And what happens when it halves again? Will there be enough fees? Yeah. And the most interesting thing he said, and this is what, again, so, so what, what, what did I get excited about? Is in, and this is specifically what I, I was, you know, I, I've obviously been involved with this and, not as long as everyone else, but to some extent, I got to the You're point where I was like, on bloke, mate. what's that? You're a switched on bloke. <laughs> but I, 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 you know, I kind of got to a point where I was like, what is going to happen Did anyone? No one's ever seen what's going to happen. No one's been <laughs> to this before. We're literally never seen an experiment like this on earth ever before. And so I was like, you know, you work at Blockstream. You're very invested into Bitcoin. You, you, it. You know, and, and those guys, they influence pressing the button. They have one guy in, in their team who presses the button to publish the next update in Bitcoin. And they have a contract with him where they can't legally tell him anything to do, but they work for him. It's a weird contract. You know, it's that level, right? So they're pretty <laughs> invested into what happens with Bitcoin, okay? Super, super low key. Yeah, super low key. Um, so I was like, where's this, you know, where's, what's going to happen? And... His contention is that he thinks that regardless of anything, regardless of um, block rewards, there are actors in the market now that are hugely incentivized for Bitcoin to continue in the way that it's currently structured. So what does that mean? 
It may mean that, for example, these exchanges, which are making huge amounts of money, start mining and start okay. taking these block, these minor fees. Investing in the infrastructure. Right. They might go further down. So we're talking about block, see the Bitcoin. The survival of their business depends on it. So it makes perfect sense to hedge their bets, right? And Binance is making, you know, quite a bit of money. Um, and, you know, Huawei and all these exchanges. I think it was in the Bit, Bitfinex report. They're making, they made $400 million last year in profit. That's you know, they, they have to they run... Sorry? That's why they raised their billion dollars so quickly. Right. And, 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 but, you know, if they were allegedly un, under threat of the core asset, which runs their business, I'm mean? pretty sure they'd start to get involved. And, and the, the beauty of Bitcoin is you can buy into Bitcoin, its infrastructure and its price by just literally, you don't have to go into a deal with somebody. You just have to go on. I mean, the deal you do is the deal for the infrastructure to have, to, have, to have the mining and have the mining prices at the lowest possible price it can possibly be. That's the deal. You're not speaking with the CEO of Bitcoin. You just need, the, it exists. You just got to go and get it. So it's a, I, yeah, I, you can minimize your risk significantly by making sure that the network is sustained. And look, long story short, they could make a loss. Let's, let's look way ahead. They could make a loss on mining. But to keep the network alive, the exchange itself will probably make enough money to override those losses and still make a ginormous profit. Yeah, I get that. And, 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 and so to me, I was, I was like, these guys are thinking about it. I'd never met anyone who could, who could answer that. I've, I've spoken to a lot of people, they said, oh, I'm not sure. Yeah. But that idea, right, that's the kind of thing. What I noticed is that I had a lot more access to people who were the OGs, people solving the real fundamental issues of yeah. cryptocurrency. And, um, you know, I think it's a fascinating, saying interview in and of itself, but that particular thing I thought was absolutely Mind that yeah. the thing I'm excited about, I'm re-excited if to put it most bluntly is that I'm actually re bullish on crypto. <laughs> I lost, you know, I, like uh, I genuinely thought, you know, at one point we were genuine. I couldn't see the way out. I couldn't I, see. I think I was with you when, when that were, there were certain things that you were saying that I was like, yeah, where's this going now? Where, 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 where's, where's Fred gone? You know what I mean? Like there was definitely a tonality and a language that was uh, questioning. And I, I, you know, I never did because I can't really, you know, I, I'm so deep in this space now that I just need to remain, you know, you build a business by believing in what you're doing and believing in the result that you're going to get. Now you're going to go through all sorts of ups and downs to get there, but the, the people that do really well, the ones that just truly believe now that doesn't mean you're going to have success, but it means that you've got the chance of actually doing that. And um, what you've just said about the harvesting and, and, and not just the harvesting, but, but the way that these big corporations with very deep pockets can actually help to sustain themselves it makes perfect sense and it adds an additional element of security somewhat yeah. and risk mitigation uh, to anybody else who's coming into the space. So thank you for sharing that. So before we go any further, I don't want to spend the whole time talking about consensus that we very well could do. And I'm going to try and have you on the show more frequently, Fred. I want to go into Hivex now. I want to speak to you about your OTC operation, which is what, year old, 18 months old, something like that? How old is Hivex now? Yeah, about 18 months. Okay. So, 
for the listener, for the viewer that is out there right now, Hivex is an OTC desk, uh, deals in 50,000 and above. Is that correct? Do you, you want to tell us a little bit more about Hivex and what the objective is, where you're going to be in five years and what the plan is, how you can actually help people? Yeah, you know, we make markets um, for, you know, a lot of different coins. Um, buy or sell, we don't mind. We make up markets for whatever currency you want to trade in. US dollars, Australian dollars, Singapore. Okay, so you, can, you can have an international clientele? Yeah, we do. We do. And that's. And I think that's because of, we've, we've sort of built the business on the back of Finder. Yes. Um, and the way we help people is, you know, we can get you in or out of a position with a few messages through WhatsApp. No matter where you are in the world, no matter what time it is, we'll make you a price, we'll settle. And you know, you know, you've got the backing of Finder behind us. Um, to make it happen. And I think I just wanted to bring some trust to the market because this, this brokerage space, I feel it was a little bit on the sketchy side, to be honest. Um, it's hard to find a good operator, that's for sure. Yeah, and we just wanted to bring governance, um, uh, very high compliance. You know, you do KYC, you do AML. We, 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 we're pretty aggressive on that, you know, and I'm a very compliant guy, you know, because yeah, we have to be. We, we, you know, find us 250 people, it's... It's a, you know, we have a lot of licenses, lawyers, and I understand how, how that works. And so I just didn't know where to trade and who to trust. And I just thought, hey, why don't we, you know, we're not necessarily, um, you know, I guess we're not an exchange. So we can't deal in, uh, we don't have that any kind of infrastructure, but we do have access to liquidity partners that most people couldn't sign up an account with. And the reason for that is just, you know, Finder has a, a, a large balance sheet and we have an existing customer base. And so we can trade with the, with the best partners around the world. So you get a ridiculously tight prices with, with Hivex, basically. That's, that's what we offer. Yeah. And that's one of the things I think is, um, you know, for those of you who are dealing in those sorts of size transactions, you need a partner of trust. But you, more importantly, it's not just the trust of, I trust you because you're a good human. Because good humans make mistakes. Good humans can still go bankrupt. Good humans can run a business into a ground. It doesn't make them a bad human. It just means that they haven't got the backing. Now, one of the biggest things I think that uh, Hivex has is exactly what you've said. You, you've built an international uh, masterpiece in, in Finder. It is a very large technology company. Very, very large. Um, so anybody who's sort of sitting on the fence saying, well, who am I going to use for OTC? You really should consider who's backing them, uh, what their balance sheets look like. And if, if, let's, you know, if shit did hit the fan, who is going to be the one that's not just going to go, sorry, all accounts are locked, we're done. And who is going to be the one that can go, right, well, we've got some pretty deep pockets. And for the sake of doing the right thing, because not just because your heart's in it, because legislative-wise, regulation-wise, you are permitted to do so. It's very difficult. If you wanted to shut down Hivex, you've got to shut down Finder. And I think that is one of the biggest uh, links to trust. Uh, whether somebody likes Fred Shabasta or his team or not, it's the, it's the behemoth that sits behind it. It allows the liquidity to be the what you've got based on prior execution of several different of other businesses, but also just your balance sheet. And I think that's... When we look at trust in crypto, and especially on the OTC level, trust has to be, it's got to be one of the highest things you look for. Yeah. Don't just look for trust as in good people. Look for the backing. Who's actually backing it? Who's got the regulation? Who's got the bank balance? And who's going to make sure that if, if things do go pear-shaped, if a black swan event does happen, and it will, it always does, you have to prepare for these things, that you're in the best pond 
with the biggest fish effectively. So with Hivex now, I mean, and I've been to your operation. It's so uh, you, you are growing quite quickly. What can you tell us about what Hivex has been doing in the last, I suppose, last two months? Because it's a really good indication, I believe, as to the market that I was talking to before about, i.e., whether it be our institutional or whether it be the higher uh, net worth investors and family offices. Are you seeing your volumes increase? And if it is increasing, is it from the same parties or new parties? I can't talk specifically about our, you know, what our clients. Of course not. Any specific clients, you know, we, we hold uh, the discretion to be our number. Again, probably the second thing. Tell us what you can, Fred, to stay out of court. <laughs> so, um, but you know what? What we what we do see in the market right now is, and what we saw is when we when with our client base, when when the market went down, there were some specific parties that just started buying. Hmm. All the, and every step down, they just kept on buying. They've seen this before. They've seen markets and how they operate before. And we were there going like, like we were like, uh, you know, we don't mind either buy or sell. Like it's not providing a service. Yeah, we don't. We're not. We're not predictors of the price. We don't know, but we will get you in and out as fast as you need, um, and with whatever size, with a couple of messages, um, and. So I found that interesting to some extent. I also found interesting um, the um, changing nature of what they want. Oh, so okay. we saw yeah. a lot of people moving into stable coins as an example. Yes, okay. Um, we saw a lot of people moving into, um, and I found that interesting for, for this reason, because when they wanted to get back in the market, we didn't have to wait for a bank transfer. Bang. Yep. Instantly went back you. in. So they were willing to take away, sit in a stable coin, but not bank out, not cash out. They, they were waiting as opposed to, oh, I'm done with this. They were sitting there going, just, just get us back into this because we're going to come back. It's just a matter of when. Exactly right. And, and, and <laughs> so you're talking about the institutions and mm. we deal with a lot of funds and um, high net worth and those kind of things. Um, and these guys, you know, self-managed super funds to some extent. Um, but these guys and girls, they, they're already committed. They're already in. They were just sitting out and waiting to come back in again. It, 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 they're there. They're actually there. Yeah. There is that much tether printed for one reason, because there's a lot of tether. <laughs> you know, there's, and, and, and so my, my submission of what I, what I, you know, if there's an inference from that that might be interesting is that the reason why I think we saw such fast moves up again is that people are already ready to go again. They, they, this harvesting that's coming up and this excitement that's building mm. and you can feel it. It's it sort of, you felt this, like last time, remember in consensus, the, the prices were going down. Like it was oh, scary. Yeah, it was smashed. It was it was wild. Yeah. Um, this time there was a, there was there was that 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 light of excitement again. There were there were people who, you know, not as many people I'd say that were as exuberant, but yeah. you could feel like the FOMO starting again. You could feel the exuberance beginning again, yeah. and the confidence that it's going to go again because it survived. That's the, the biggest thing survived. 
Yeah, exactly right. The harsher it was and the more that it survived, the harder it becomes to break. And I think that's what people are starting to come around to going now, oh, actually it didn't break. Well, I'm in. And I think yeah. that's, that's, what, that's what's happened. Yeah, um, I, I couldn't agree more. Now, based again, coming back to Hivex um, and and what you've got, I'm I'm sitting here literally right now, looking at the Hivex cryptocurrency landscape report and statistics for 2019. Now, this is a very comprehensive write up of various different things that anyone who's involved in this market wants to know about. Now, I've got to be honest. You sent this through, and I've just started reading through it. And uh, for me. I wasn't even aware that this bloody world existed, Fred. So what I need you to do right now for me is just talk to a little bit of the information you collate, the data that you grab, how it can be useful. And then please tell us all where we can get a hold of this. Cause I want this in my inbox every goddamn week. If I can get it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so we looked at um, the state of the market. So, you know, 2017, we looked at the ICO market. So there's 875 ICOs in 2017. There were 1,257 ICOs in 2018. You know, we remember that. Um, but you look, you know, what's interesting is that look at the, look at the amount of money that was raised. The average raise of an ICO went down, which is interesting. You know, and I think that that's that trend, right? Smaller amounts of money raised for more discrete and specific projects, yeah. I think is a good thing. Now, yep. and this is really interesting. I, I met Justin Sun when I was there, you know, of Tron. Yep. And everyone criticizes Justin Sun, and I understand, like, you can understand everyone has an easy way. But if you get actually to the core of the guy, he's a crypto genius because of his marketing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right? His insane. Absolutely. It's insane. Whether you like him or not, I'm going to put that to the side, and I, it's not for me to judge. I, I just look at the, per, I just look at some of the attributes of certain people. Yep. And, I'm absolutely in awe of his marketing. Like he's, he's unbelievable. Yeah. But what's interesting is if you think about when you're analyzing a team now and looking at the ICO space, my contention would be is I would assess how good is the leader at marketing? Because my contention to you today and now is the cryptocurrency coins. As a token lead. holder, it needs to be a big part of their plan. Right. If you want to yeah. exit. That's Look at them. Look at Bitcoin even, right? You've got an army of Bitcoin maximalists could go around. XRP, it's like Ripple doesn't have to do anything now. You've got the XRP army oh, that yeah, goes around. They're nuts. So, so those, but, but my contention is, and, I, and I'll submit this, is that if you were to now judge a new coin or a new token, I think there's a new dimension which people can look at and say, how good is their marketing? How good are they going to be at marketing? Mm -hmm. And my corollary to that is look at the bit like regardless of Tron and, and Justin Sun and all those things, put it to the side, just look at BitTorrent as a token. Yeah. It has performed mm -hmm. and it's continuing to perform, which is very interesting because I think it's got a good use case, but again, extremely well marketed, extremely yes. understandable use case. And I actually think it's quite brilliant in and of itself, right? So there's, you know, and you look at another one, right? So Binance, Binance coin, 30 bucks yeah. now. I remember back then when we were in consensus, what was like $2.50, yep. $4. It was wild. It was getting like absolutely murdered in terms yep. of price. But look at that. Look at Binance and their marketing. That's brilliant. Uh, cryptocurrencies to me are driven primarily today a, a lot by speculation. 
mm-hmm. but also a lot, therefore, in their marketing and their PR. Was, well, why would that ever be something that would be unfamiliar to anybody out there? Because what business is not run by that? Like, if you've got good marketing and good PR, you've got something to work with. You, you, if you can get the eyeballs and your messaging is correct, you've got a successful business. Now, it's not easy to do that. It might seem easy, but the problem is with businesses, you've got to test and measure. Just because you've got a great idea and you think it'll work doesn't mean that it actually will. Now, I agree with you. The marketing side of things, and we're looking at uh, having other people at the moment working on some fundamental courses. Because I'm not going to write a fundamental course. That ain't my gig, right? I'm a trader. That's what I do. I'm not going to work my way into markets that I don't have any expertise in. We are looking to try and bring something to market. Um, and a lot of it's around that marketing. It's around the network that they've already got. Uh, and it really is about what can they do from their current group that allows them to get that traction. Now, I'm going to dump back to Hivex now because I'm cognizant of the fact that ADA listeners have a certain amount of time. And Yourself and me, Fred, have a certain amount of time. This report that I'm speaking to right now, can you please tell us where we can find it? Yeah, so you just jump onto hivex.com on the homepage, scroll down. It's it's free. It's you, you don't have to be a, you don't have to trade with us. You don't have to be one of our clients. It's um, freely available. Freely available. Current. It's crypt, if you scroll down, it says see the Hivex cryptocurrency landscape report 2019. Click on that, and you can read it. Um, it's, it's our second report. There is a link there as well to the 2018, um, report. Um, we bring this out and the changes are very interesting. You'll see some of the price movements in Bitcoin right now. That's what I'd have a look at. Have a look at the fundamentals of, of where that's going. And, and then what we obviously try and do, um, with that is, you know, we're going to keep updating this and keep, keep bringing it out. But yeah, I guess we're trying to do some more research right now. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. And if anybody does want to go to Hivex, wherever you may be in the world, what's the process? It's just about KYC and AML so that you're ready. You don't necessarily need to be ready to buy or sell right now, but get your KYC done, get your AML done, tell the guys there that Trader Cobb sent you, and um, they'll, they'll tell you that you're, uh, that you're a good bloke or a good woman. We'll especially and, take um, care of you. There you go. Well, you'll be taken care of if you come and you say that you're from my mouth hole. But um. It's pretty simple, right? Like the, the whole thing is that people go, oh, I'm not going to do it until I'm ready. Don't wait until you're ready. If, if you've ever got the desire to buy $50,000 or sell $50,000 more or, you know, on, on anything, get your KYC, get your AML done and know that it's ready because everybody who's traded or invested in crypto assets to this point in time knows that today you might be up 400%. Tomorrow, it might only be up 50. You've got to be ready. So get your AML, get your KYC done. And the website is www.hivex, that is H-I-V-E-E. That's two E's. Egg <laughs> or elephant or exuberant.com. Hivex.com. The man behind it is Fred Shabasta. It's backed by finder.com, a massive tech company. Don't forget the trust. Don't forget the back pocket and make sure that you trade well. Fred, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, mate. I'll uh, look forward to having you on again. And I'm no doubt going to be in your offices and doing an interview with you sometime in the future. Would love to have you here, Craig. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your day. Speak to you all again soon. Bye for now. This show is proudly sponsored by TraderCobb.com. Visit TraderCobb.com forward slash free tools 
for your free education content. Now on this section of the website, you will receive access to view a bit about the three trading strategies that I use daily. And if you're sick and tired of your family and friends wanting to know about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, well, there's a free course in there for them as well, titled Beginner's Course to Cryptocurrency. It's absolutely free, so tell your friends and family and visit tradercob.com now.